Okay, let's invite our speaker for this morning. Lord Jesus, you have given us the Holy Spirit 50 days after you uh, ascended into heaven. And you gave us the Spirit of God to explain to us how to live life. Not a book, not a set of directions, not Google Maps. You gave us a person. You gave us one third of the Trinity. You gave us the Spirit of God to live in us. And you said he will be in you. He will remind you that you are mine. He will uh, reinforce my identity in you. He will teach you, take you into all truth. He will guide you. He will remember, make you remember all that I have taught you. He will convict you of the world of righteousness. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a, a tutor right within us. And thank you, Lord, that he is here and he's able to speak through the, the callousness of our own sin and our uh, pain and all of our, of our, our, our even, even our skepticism. So wherever we're at, get through to us, Lord, I pray. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to make it happen. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And I love your word. And I believe your word will change lives. Reconstruct people. Reconcile people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Mm. Faith, faith is the most valued currency. Faith is the most valued currency. I've got an app that tells me the value of all the currencies. So whenever there's transitions or where there is uh, exchange, I know what's, what's moving and what's worth in another currency and I'm able to make, I, have, I got an app for that. And according to God, faith supersedes all of those other currencies. Because faith is an, it, it, it's a currency that crosses, goes across intergalactic econo economies. It goes all over the place. It is what you can invest on earth and get in heaven. Faith is what God considers more important, more valued a currency than any other currency here on this planet. Faith is God's most valued currency. Some mock that. Some mock that. When you say faith is here, according to God, then you've got finances, family, fun, fame, whatever. Faith is up here. Faith is the most important thing to me. Faith is the most valuable thing to me. Some would mock that. Some would prioritize that. Yes, yes, faith, yes, faith. But you know, you've got to be practical. And they put it down here. They put it under finances, or put it under family, or put it under fun. But there's some who get it. There's some who get it. They get that when I invest money, I get back money. When I invest in relationships, I get back relationships. But when I invest in faith, I get everything. I get everything back. In fact, I get my whole life back. He who is give up, gives up his life for my sake will find it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. God is not playing when he says faith is your most valued currency. So I dare you to get on board with this, this premise, this belief, and invest in your faith to the point where you begin to see the fruit that it actually bears more than finances, bears better than relationships in family or anything else, bears more than fun in any possible way. I dare you to actually act it out. Because if you haven't tried it, you're never going to know. You're never going to know. Strong faith, it challenges perspectives. Strong faith reconstructs. Others, you'll believe anything. Anyone says anything to you, you'll believe it. But faith 
If you've got an anchored faith, it'll question anything and everything that comes in your direction in terms of belief. It reconstructs our past. If you have been taught a certain way, walked a certain way, treated in a certain way, you begin to believe that that's what you are, that's what your life is. But faith reconstructs that past. Faith retunes you to praise because through all the pain, through all the suffering, you are not able to sing with gratitude in your hearts. Faith allows you to do that. Are you with me? Are you with me? Great. So that faith allows you to move from pain to praise. From pain to praise. And that's the title of this series. And we're going to look at how being mature, being grounded, having a strong faith, in, uh, investing in faith itself will allow us to move from pain to praise and how that whole thing works. Got it? That's our little introduction. Okay, so let's just dive straight into the text. If you don't have a Bible, you have your notes. Let's get straight into that. 1 Peter. It says, 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect uh, uh, exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Don't, let, don't, don't get lost with all those words. Basically what's happening is the signature of these letters is in the beginning, not like when we write a letter, we sign at the end. Yes, but over here they sign in the beginning. They talk about who's writing the letter, to whom they're writing the letter, who's the target audience, and who gave you the authority. On what basis are you writing this? So Peter says, I am there you go. And I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm an apostle. I've been sent by Jesus Christ. That's his credentials. To whom, Peter, have you been sent? Well, I've been sent to the elect, that is the Jews, who are in exile of the dispersion in Pontus, those who have been scattered everywhere in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So he knows his target audience. And he says, I've been sent. I've been given this ministry. I've been authorized with this message. According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, and for obedience to Jesus Christ. He got all three in one. He got God the Father, knew about this, this was his plan. All along, he's the one who sent me. He's the one who made the plan. Number two, the Spirit of God is cleaning the way out. He's making, making the way. He's the one who's doing the work through my ministry. And number three, I'm doing this obedience to the great commission the Lord Jesus has sent me. For the sprinkling of his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's your introduction to the text. Dive into verse 3 and we're going to go to verse 8 if time will permit. Just five verses for, uh, for this morning. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a greeting it is an opening blessing but it also tells you the heart of where this message is coming from blessed be the god and father of lord jesus christ why because something he's going to tell you comes from there note according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again that's the scriptures stare at it stare at it for a little while who are we talking about we're talking about god the father what about God the Father? Well, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. You didn't choose to be born again. You are born again, but you were caused to be born again. God brought that about. Rewind, rewind, rewind. According to the knowledge of God. According to the sanctification of the Spirit. In obedience to Jesus, all three are working for you to be caused to be born again. Why? Why? What is being born again? Listen to me. Look up at me. Listen to me. Being born again is having birth twice. Getting born 
a second time in a second way. In the first one, you were born into Dawson family or Yadav family or Singh family or whatever family. You were born into a family, right? You were born into that family and that's your first identity. You have a first father and you have a first identity. You were born into an earthly family. You are physical, you are emotional, you are, uh, you are human. And that is your family. But that family was supposed to be in sync, that in tune with God the Father. Adam was supposed to be in tune with God the Father. But what happened with Adam was he sinned and he walked away from God. Do you remember that? You shouldn't, you were not there. But anyway, you believe the text, right? Adam walked away and Adam failed in the human family form. So everyone born of Adam is disconnected from God. Now that you are born of Adam and disconnected from God, in order to be in God's family, in order to be adopted into God's family, grafted into God's family, you need to be born again with a spiritual birth. This spiritual birth is what God has caused to happen because that's how much God wants you in his family. If Adam screwed up, if Adam messed up everything, he's going to do it all over again. If it takes him coming down himself, that's Jesus, going through birth, that's Jesus, walking this earth, that's Jesus, living this life and being humiliated and going to the cross to pay for your sin, that's Jesus, and then getting you back into the family, he will do it, and he did it. For whom? Everyone. Who does he love? Everyone. Who, who decided this? Who talked about it? Who thought of it? God did. All along, God wanted you in his family. Better believe it. Better believe it. You are not cast away. You are not a happening. You are not some random birth that barely missed abortion. You are part of God's plan. You are very much a part of God's plan. And God thought of it. The Spirit of God enabled it. And Jesus executed it. Sometimes say amen. amen. Sometimes just say of hallelujah, even if it's under your breath. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah? That's how much God loves you. And that's how much he has invested in you. And he says he's caused us to be born again. Okay, I was born the first time and I had a life and I didn't know what the purpose of my life was. But now I've been born again and I want to know what the purpose of this new life is. He says, you've been born again to a living hope. A living hope. Circle that, underline it, asterisk it, do something with it. You have been born again to a living hope. Hope or the opposite of hope is hopeless. Or dismay or despair and God has not called you to despair he has not called you to a life where you don't know what is going on God has called you to a life of knowing exactly who you are and what's coming up in the future God wants you to hope is hope in the past or in the future look at me is hope in the past or in the future God wants you to live life looking there brothers Looking there, sisters. God wants you to live life looking front. He wants you to know that you have a plan and a future. He wants you to know that, you, that there is something beyond this life. So you hope. You hope. Not in blindness, but you hope. And this is a living hope. It's not a dying hope. Because the hope is in a living person. Stick with me. It's a living hope because this hope is in a living person. Not because the hope is living. But because the hope is in a living person. You, have, you hoped in Adam, he set you down. You hoped in Jesus, it's a living hope. Why? Because they tried to kill him. And what did he do? He just got up 
He just got up. He got up and he stood up and he rolled the stone away. And he says, what was that again? Death, is it? I don't think so. And through his resurrection, read it. You don't believe me, read it. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he rose again from the grave, he is worthy of placing our hope in him. Did you get that? He is worthy. You don't put your hope in somebody who's going to die. Don't do that. Don't put your hope in somebody who's going to die. Put your hope in somebody who died and rose again and can't die again. Because you know what he does with death. Yes? What a glorious hope. What a fantastic hope. In fact, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say to share your faith. Do you know that? Nowhere in the Bible does it say share your faith with other people. The Bible tells you to share your hope. Give a reason for the hope that you have. And that's easy. Sharing your faith is like, oh, don't tell your religion to me. I wouldn't think you Okay, fine, got it. But the hope that I have, I can share that with anybody. And that's what God has called us to share. So, what keeps your eyes on the hope? Answer, your faith. Your faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Your faith in the one who died and rose again. Your faith in God's plan for your life. You have placed your faith in Jesus. So now the most, listen, listen, listen. You have placed your faith in Jesus. So now the most important thing to God is what placed you in Jesus. That's your faith. Your faith is the most important thing to God. So God is going to guard what's most valuable to him here on earth. God is not guarding the economy. God is not guarding the skies or the earth. There are earthquakes. There's a whole lot of things you're saying, God, what happened? What There's one thing God is God guarding. He's guarding your faith. Why? Because it is the only currency on earth that is an investment in heaven. It is the only currency on earth that is an investment in heaven. Write it down. You are guarded through your faith. You are guarded through your faith. So God's guarding your faith. Why is God guarding your faith? Because your faith is under attack. Because your faith is constantly waning. Your faith is constantly bruised. Your faith is constantly under attack. Everything about you is under attack with regard to your faith. Yesterday I was talking to the men how when our jobs are going well, our faith goes well. When our jobs are not going well, our faith takes a plummet. It takes a dive. There is a close connection to that. Faith is what drives us. So God is guarding that faith. How? How God? How are you guarding? With guards? With police? Delhi police? Indian army? How are you guarding your faith? My faith? Look at that. Verse 5. He's guarding your faith through God's power. Through God's power. He's guarding your faith through your power. His power. So first you have a living hope. That living hope keeps your eyes on what's coming up, what God has in store. You keep your eyes by faith. So God wants to guard your faith. God guards your faith because your faith is what gives you that hope. Your faith in your hope is because you have something coming up for you. Go back to verse 4. What does it have coming up for you? What do you have to look forward to if you continue in faith? Verse 4 says... To a living hope, through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, through the dead, to an inheritance. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. 
Some of you, by the time you get to about 13, 14 years of age, especially the boys, they start asking dad, dad, actually, how much money do you have? <laughs> how many bank accounts do you have? And you start going through your dad's wallet. and all. You just want to get a feel of, you know, when, when the old man pops it, like, how, you know, am I going to be okay? Not you, the others, they do. You're, you don't do that. You are like, Lord, whatever. And everybody wants to know, what is the inheritance? What am I going to get? People fight over it. Families, are, they feud over it. They're, the biggest problem, the number one problem of divorce, the reason for divorce is money and property. Not even feelings and roses. You thought it was roses. It's not. It's money. It's money. You learn something every day. No? <laughs> and you want to know what that inheritance is. What am I going to get after he dies? God is saying, do you know what you're going to get after you die? <laughs> Maybe you need to think about that. Yes, we get an earthly inheritance, but even that is perishing, fading away, and defiled. But the inheritance God has in store for you is imperishing, imperishable, not imperishing, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Listen to me. God has kept the best of the best of all that he has in store for you. The result of your investment, your life investment, your service, all your goodness, all of your love for him, all of your service for him, all of the use of the gifts that he has given to you, all of the money you have spent in order to bless God and to bless his people. Everything that you've invested by faith, he has kept it in heaven. Oh, but I want it now. Let me tell you why. It would be foolish for God to give it to you now. Uh, let me tell you why God does not bless you on earth. Because the blessing God has for you is eternal, imperishable, undefiled, and does not fade away. Now, if he put that on earth, it would become perishable, defiled. <laughs> Getting the picture here? Getting the picture here? Now, why would he bless you, B-L-E-S-S, bless you, in an earth that he has cursed. Oh, you're saying God has cursed the earth? Yes, he has. Read your Bible. Oh, you're saying God has cursed the companies that I'm putting so much money in? Yes, he has. You're saying that all the fun that I'm having, all the enjoyment of this life, he, he, he has not blessed it. Uh, there's something better than that. Yes, yes, yes. There is something far more, far greater than that. So why? Logically, you're very smart people. Logically, why would God give you a blessing in a world that he has cursed? What is his plan? His plan, the Bible says to fold up this earth like an old garment. Have you folded an old garment? You don't even crease it properly. It's like old. You just fold it up and chuck it away. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be no more tears. There will be no more parting. There will be no more death. There will be no more. This morning I got a view that one of our members got, has cancer. And we've been praying for cancer to be, uh, that's earth. That's earth. Life is tough. Sickness is real. Are you with me? That he's going to pack this up and he's going to throw away and he's going to give you a new world and a new, and a new inheritance so that in that existence there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more parting. There will be no more sin. So why would he give you blessing here on earth when he has it over there? You got the picture. So the inheritance that God has for you is out there. It's up there. It's, 
waiting in heaven for you so that you can keep your eyes on heaven that's the hope why do you put your f- hope why do you put your faith in something you cannot see because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so by his power god is protecting and controlling your faith and it will be revealed to you it's going to show up at the time at the right time when jesus shows up again jesus shows up again you're very good you're thinking with me i'm i'm going to need 10 more minutes could i have 10 moments yes so your faith is the most important currency it's the most important thing on earth for god now if something is valuable if something is solid something is what you're resting on then god listen carefully is going listen carefully god is going to test it if something is valuable if something is real if something is depended on god is going to test it now there are three different types of tests there is the test that you go to school and you do and you get grades and you pass or fail or you get better or you are the first in the class or you're the last in the class and whatever the case may be and it is a judgment or a or an assessment of your academic performance that is a testing and there is shame and humiliation attached to that mostly in my case uh, if you went to my school yours also okay there's two of us then there's a second test there's the blood test that's not whether you have blood or not it's what type of blood do you have okay and based on that treatment can be given compatibility can be decided blood test and then there's a third type of test which is a testing by fire or a testing by uh, instrument so that you understand and assess the integrity of the structure the quality of the element and this testing is very very important because if you want something to last If you want something to last a bridge railway lines you want them to last yes please you're going to want to test it got it so you have engineers with a tuning fork and other devices going to the uh, to the to the bridge they look like idiots but <laughs> but they're going to the bridge and they're trying 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 for the whole bridge I'm like dude why didn't you just get a guitar But they go to the bridge and they do that and why do they do that because they're looking for a slight change in the tone and when they find that slight change they look carefully and there's a hairline fracture in the bridge and the electric the, the 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 engineer gets worried and the commoner who's passing with kya problem hai choti si trick hai ko patti putti laga do don't it's okay no problem it's fine just bandage it up dude just No 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 he's like no you can't do this because your hairline fracture today is a devastating accident tomorrow and the engineer knows that so he tests for quality for breakdown why because you want that bridge to last it out god wants your faith to last it out because there's an inheritance worth waiting for you because jesus is waiting for you there are saints gone before that are waiting for you and in this life god wants you to value your faith and let your faith be tested so that it takes you right through this life god tests your faith not because he hates you not because he condemns you not because he wants to judge you not because he wants to humiliate you he tests your faith because he wants it to last the second reason is because we come across come from a background where we are taught that everything testing is lessons learned 
Okay? So you've done the test, you close the book, syllabus khatam. Right? Yes or no? Yeah, we do that. So we think we've gone through a test. Why is God taking me through this test again? Because it's not that test. It's a test of structural integrity. So when the engineer comes back the next year and he does the same test on the same bridge, the bridge doesn't crowd, already went through and test why the bridge doesn't do that. First of all, the bridge never does that, but are you with me? So when you understand by faith, faith gives you an understanding of why you have suffering. When faith gives you an understanding, a perspective of why you have suffering, you go to a place of deep strength. And from that place, through your faith, despite your pain, you are able to praise. You are able to praise. From pain to praise. So the genuineness of your faith needs to be tested. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. What? In suffering? In suffering, I just that is mean. That is so mean. Okay, so you're saying, God, you test my faith by giving me or letting me go through suffering. Okay, I can handle that. Okay, but in the middle of that, while you're testing me in my suffering, you want me to praise you. Aha. Aha. There is something not right here. That's how you talk to yourself when you're alone. It's true. I saw you. No, I'm just kidding. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Doesn't it feel a little unfair? God wants me to praise. I'm supposed to sit here in the church and sing. When this didn't work out, when my health is this, when this, this news got, when, when all of these things are happening in my life, when there's injustice and inequality all around me, things are devastating, things are happening in the world. This God, this God wants us to praise Him. Why do you praise God? What is the basis of your praise? Why should you praise? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the strength of the Lord is your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So in this you rejoice. In what, brothers and sisters? Though now for a little while. Are you seeing that? Verse 6. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. You have been grieved by various trials. If now, now for a little while. Let me, let me define little while. Let me define little while. Do you know what God is saying is little while? Look at me. Do you know what God is saying is little while? It's your life. <laughs> your whole, my whole, your whole life. All 80 years. All 80 years. Your whole life is God's little while. And he says, now, for now, for little while, if you have to go through pain and suffering, rejoice because it's just a little while. See, that's the thing. That's what faith gives you the perspective to understand that this entire life is only the waiting room before you get to the dentist. It's a long line before you get on the plane to go to Goa for the holiday. Life is that long line. Life is that waiting period. Life is that testing period. It is that orientation. When you begin to think that this is it, you want the holiday now, you want the reward now, you want the glory now, you want the medal now, you want everything now during the waiting period, you want the you know, everything to be changed in the waiting room, God's not going to give that to you. That's not what it's about. God is giving you that perspective through faith that this entire life, 80 years, 90 years, is just... And during this period, what does he say? During this period, for a little while, if necessary, if necessary, if necessary, you have been grieved by various 
trials. Different types of trials. And you say to God, what is this? One thing after another, one thing after another, one thing. Yeah, it's there. It's been there for 2,000 years. Read it. Various trials, your life, little while. Get it. Are you saying for the rest of my life is just going to be pretty much pain and praise? Yes! No, but what about, you know, your best life now and, and uh, God's blessing and all of God's promises here now. You could claim all of that. Nonsense. That's a lie. Because God will not bless you on an earth he has cursed. God loves you so much. And so wants to secure both your salvation and your inheritance that God is keeping it with him on earth. Just like your father is keeping it in his bank account until he dies. We call that the prodigal son. So God is keeping it there because he's saying it's safer here. I don't want it to perish. I want to give it to you. And I want to give it to you in pristine glory. Everything God has for you, he keeps for you. God will not give you your wife when you're 16 years old and you don't know where to itch. God will not give you more money than you can handle when you're 21 years old and you're learning financial stewardship. God will wait to give you the right thing. And if you don't have that perspective, it's because your faith has taken a beating. Fun, family, and every other thing starting with F has come first for you. So, various trials is not a surprise. Yes, one thing after another. But faith gives you that perspective. Why? Read it. So that, verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold, which even gold can perish, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor. So, how can I give glory and praise? How can I succeed on this in this world? How can I bring glory to God here on earth? By passing the test with flying colors. Come on, you've told your children this. You've heard it all your life. Oh, do well, bring glory to God by fly flying colors. Okay, do it. This is it. This is what he's saying, verse 7. May be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus shows up at the end to receive you unto himself, when he comes to take you to heaven, when he comes to hand over the things that he has promised to you, at that time, what will say, the thing that will prove that you have lived a life, glory and honor to Christ, is that you pass the test well. You lived through the test well. You were able to praise in the midst of pain. You are able to praise in the midst of pain. This is an amazing, amazing thing. The faith will give you an understanding of what God has done for you. Faith will give you a hope of what is waiting for you. And faith will give you a depth of an intimacy of a relationship with a God that you cannot see. Look at verse 8, he says. He says, though you have not seen him, you've never met Jesus. You've never met Jesus. If you have met Jesus personally, please meet me after the service. I'd like to talk to you. But though you haven't seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, you believe in him, and you rejoice. There it is again. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Right through the pain, there's this joy. You don't know why, but you're okay. You don't know how, but you made it. You don't know why, but you 
know that everything's under control. Inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Your faith's going to get you a deep relationship with God. Though you haven't seen Him, you love Him. Though you don't see Him, you trust Him. And you rejoice with joy and inexpressible. Your faith is going to give you a deep relationship with God. It's going to give you perspective in life. It's going to give you investment in heaven. And it's going to get you through to your inheritance. And it's going to give you the ability to pain, to praise through your pain. Fill out the last three in the blanks as we go. Number one, you rejoice despite trials. Write it down. You rejoice despite trials. Number two, you love without seeing. You love without seeing. And number three, you trust without proof. Wow, how can you do these things? Faith. Faith. Faith gives you the ability. Write it down. Your faith moves you from pain to praise. My faith moves me from pain to praise. My faith moves me from pain to praise. What are you struggling with, brothers? What are you struggling with? What are you working through? Is life going through one of those ruts where it's just meaningless? It's meaningless. Get up in the morning, run, 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 go to sleep, get up, run, run, run. Are you going through severe aches and pains and, and sickness right now? What are you going through that is testing your faith? I want you to know, yeah, it is your faith that's being tested. And yeah, life is tough. But the strength that faith provides, if you will focus not on taking your pain away, but sharpening, strengthening your faith, God will... Sing a song through you. God will sing a song through your pain. And that will be your greatest witness. With every head bowed, every eye closed, please respond to God. Tell Him what you're feeling. Tell Him how you are struggling. Tell Him what you're angry about. Ask Him for something this morning. Challenge Him. Express your faith.